Well, Anton Watson is entering his fourth season in a Gonzaga uniform, and the big question leading into his senior year is how is his performance, particularly on the defensive end of the floor, going to help lead the Zags to their first national championship? You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on another season of Gonzaga Hoops. This episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. All right, we are continuing our season preview series, talking about every player on Gonzaga's roster, taking a look at their history, how they got here in Spokane in a Gonzaga uniform, what their best and worst case scenarios may look like for the upcoming season. We'll close out the show talking about players' expected role in production and what their professional aspirations look like. We're talking all things Anton Watson today, Spokane legend. Anton began his college or his he began his high school career at Gonzaga Prep. He has been a Spokie through and through. He was a top-tier Spokane high school athlete, one of the greatest high school athletes of all time in the state or in the city of Spokane. I mean, this is a city that has produced so much high-end talent. Of course, it's difficult to ever top Mead High School legend Adam Morrison, but Anton's one of the best local products that Gonzaga has ever had. He was a top 50 prospect by most recruiting services when he committed to Gonzaga. He committed very early, always wanted to go to Gonzaga, of course. Makes sense that the Spokane kid would want to stay home, go play for, you know, the number one team in the country. Why not? Why not go play for the best basketball team that exists? And they happen to be down the street. They happen to have basically the same name and the same logo as the team that you played for in high school. Really cool opportunity for Anton to get the chance to come to Gonzaga to play for the Zags, to play in front of his friends and family in Spokane. He joined the Zags in the class of 2019, uh, uh, in that class alongside Drew Timmy, of course, a phenomenal class for the Zags. Should have had Brock Reve. He ended up not uh, playing basketball at Gonzaga. Would have been a, a very interesting dynamic to see uh, what he would have brought to the team. But regardless, can't really complain about a recruiting class that ends up including, you know, a two-time All-American, likely three-time All-American in Drew Timmy and a really, really good role player uh, in Anton Watson. Watson's freshman year didn't quite go as planned. He only played in 15 games as a freshman. He was dealing with injuries that the injury started, I think, in the fourth game of the season. He missed a few games. He came back. He played some more. uh, And then he ended up getting shut down and had surgery and just missed the rest of the year. Uh, So we really didn't get to see much of Anton uh, in that first year. He only played about about 15 minutes per night. He began the year in a starting lineup. The Zags were going to have... In that 1920 team, that really good team that had Ryan Woolridge and Admon Gilder and kind of the breakout from Joel Iyayi, that team was going to have Anton Watson start as a true freshman. I think that's an important thing to remember about Anton Watson's history. He's going to start as a true freshman. I mean, not going to. He did. He did start as a true freshman before he suffered the wrist, the shoulder injury that just really lingered throughout the entire rest of that season before he ended up getting shut down. Played about 15 minutes per night, averaged about five points, three boards, one and a half assists, 1.2 steals, which averaging over a steal per game when you play 14 minutes a night, pretty darn impressive. Uh, Obviously, Anton's 
impact on the Zags throughout his college career has has predominantly been on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, but he's always been a productive scorer as well. He shots just under 63% from inside the arc as a freshman. But he only shot 11% from three, one for nine that season. I remember that was when I had first started the ScoreZag Score podcast, so Anton was a player I've I've had a lot of uh, opportunities to speak about uh, on the podcasting platform, and the big kind of hinge for him was, are we ever going to find that outside shot? He's 6'8", he's built like, a, like an NBA player, he's got an incredibly well-built body for playing in the NBA, he's got this incredible defensive instincts. But are we going to see the outside shot? And one for nine was not a big enough sample for us to really glean anything out of it, but it also wasn't an incredibly promising sign either. Uh, He ended up beginning the 2021 season also as a starter, started 17 games that season for the Zags, but was replaced about midway through the season by Andrew Nampard. Kind of a reminder on how that season went. The the plan for that year was to have Jalen Suggs, Joel Eyai, Aaron Cook, and likely Dominic Harris be the four guards in the rotation. Andrew Nembhard had transferred from Florida to Gonzaga, and right before the season started, he was granted eligibility by the NCAA. The coaching staff basically went to Jalen Suggs and the guards in the team and said, are we okay with, with adding Andrew into the mix for this year? Everybody was pumped about it because... As we know now, and knew then at the time, but definitely know now, Andrew Nembhard's really, really good at basketball, but he he started the year coming off the bench because he wasn't expecting to play, and I don't think Mark Few was expecting to figure out how to implement him into that lineup. He was expecting him to take over as the starting point guard after Jalen Suggs departed for the NBA, and instead he now had these two point guards that he wanted to figure out how to get them consistent minutes alongside each other. What ended up happening is Watson got pulled out of the starting lineup back into a reserve role. His minutes and his production, frankly, didn't change all of that much between him being a starter and him being a backup, which I think is a testament to really kind of who Anton is and his ability to to continue to be himself, to continue to be the hard-nosed, high-energy, elite defensive, you know, not not necessarily a high-usage offensive player, not a guy who needs the ball in his hands a lot, not a guy who necessarily wants the ball in his hands a lot, but whether he was in the starting lineup, whether he was coming off the bench, he's kind of the same guy. And I think that it's beneficial for Mark Few. It's beneficial for the Zags to have a guy that they could kind of pinball like that and know that, hey, he's going to be consistent. He's going to get his job done. He's going to do the things that we're asking him to do. And that's really what happened this season. 32 games for Anton. Again, 17 of them were starts. Averaged about exactly 19 minutes per game. Seven points, three and a half rebounds, 1.2 assists. Again, 1.2 steals per game as well. This was far and away his most productive or most efficient season, I should say. On two-point shots that year, he shot 71%. Anton Watson made nearly three-fourths of his two-point shot attempts during that season. Yes, obviously we're talking about a guy who averaged seven points per game, so it's not like he had the volume, the usage that we saw out of Chet Holmgren, for example, or Brandon Clark, two other players who have shot 70% uh, on two-pointers or 70% total uh, in a season for Gonzaga. And obviously they get a lot of attention for how efficient they were as scorers because they were able to do it with a significantly higher usage rate than Anton Watson was. But that doesn't really take away from what Watson did. Sure, it's a caveat and it's a, a necessary one when talking about his overall production. But at the end of the day, at the Division I level, against good opponents... Anton Watson, while scoring seven points per game, so it's not like it's a really tiny sample size, it's a, a healthy enough sample size that Anton Watson shooting 71% is notable and it should be celebrated. And for people who still 
maybe have a hard time imagining Anton Watson as anything more than a defensive player or for people who perhaps don't value anything that Anton Watson brings to the team. And I know that there are people out there who have our skeptics who are kind of question whether Anton Watson deserves the amount of minutes that he gets and should play as much as he does. And his mistakes and his kind of lack of outside shooting are often things that are brought up as, as concerns. But at the end of the day, this is a guy who, in a significant role for a very, very good basketball team, a team that did not lose a game until the national championship game, Anton Watson scored seven points per game and shot 71% from two. I think that that is a staggering number and something that really needs to be celebrated and remembered when looking at Anton Watson's legacy and when looking at kind of what he brings to this team outside of just his energy, his hustle on the defensive end of the floor. Now, Watson also went three of 20 from the three-point line that year, a good for 15%, which believe it or not, was a 4% increase from what he shot as a freshman. Uh, But, you know, again, at this point, two years into his career, we're talking about a guy who's four for 29 from deep. So it just just wasn't in the cards for Anton to be much of an outside shooter. He's a low post scorer, uh, a hustle defensive player, but hasn't really ever brought that outside shot with him uh, at this, at the collegiate level. And then last season, 21-22, Anton basically replicated what he did as a sophomore. It was a very, very similar season. He played 32 games just like he did the year before. He averaged 18 minutes per game, basically just like he did the year before. 7.3 points per game, so a slight uptick there. He did go from 3.3 rebounds to game per game to 4.7 rebounds per game. So we saw him get a little bit more aggressive uh, in, in going after rebounds and trying to get into the paint and, and and be productive in that range. He also went up to 1.9 assists per game. The turnovers came up as well, which you kind of expect when a guy is trying to deliver the ball a little bit more, be more of a distributor. Certainly the Chet Holmgren impact played a role there where Holmgren was spending so much time around the rim that Watson was just by default expected to play more away from the rim. Uh, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well from deep and his two-point percentage dropped as well. Instead of being you know over 60% like he was as a freshman or over 70% like he was as a sophomore, he was down at just under 59%, which to be clear is still good. 59% being your worst two-point field goal percentage of your career, pretty darn good. But it was disappointing to see it come down as much as it did. Uh, we saw him shoot a career high 22.7% from three, but again, five for 22. So we're just not talking about a significant sample size. I know that there has been a fair amount made about Anton Watson's outside shooting. And at the end of the day, he's nine for 51 in his career. It's not good. It's, it's, it's not good. Don't get me wrong there, but it's also not this huge sample. It hasn't been this thing that has really been all that detrimental for the Zags. You definitely want him to try to find it. Certainly he works on it. He practices it. Uh, you kind of want to hope that that it's something he can find. But through three years at Gonzaga, it just hasn't been something that he has found. Now he's back. He's back for year four, his senior year, not his final year of eligibility because of COVID-19 and the extra year afforded to those players, but uh, back expected to have a somewhat similar role, which is really kind of what I want to focus on here in the second segment is what Anton Watson's role going to look like next year and how his performance is critical to what Gonzaga wants to do this year and their aspirations to win a national championship. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with cutting-edge security technology powered by 24/7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. 
With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home and can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real. And even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, segment two. Still any patents, still locked on Zach. And I want to sincerely thank all of you for making this podcast your first listen of the day. For your second listen today, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right, still talking Anton Watson here in the second segment. We're going to do our best case scenarios for Watson's fourth season in Spokane and, of course, his worst case scenarios. I say this caveat for every show. I'll make it brief here. Don't talk about best case scenarios that I find unrealistic, and I don't like to talk about injuries as the worst case scenarios. We know that a player getting hurt is the worst case scenario. Uh, If it's relevant to their history, certainly we'll cover it. If it's not, we tend to ignore that. Best case scenario for, for some players on Gonzaga's roster, it is National Player of the Year. It is finals MVP. It is WCC first team, whatever it may be. For some players, it's not. And we're not going to talk about this, the scenarios that we find to be outside the realm of possibility. For Anton Watson, the best case scenario for Anton Watson, frankly, is that he is just a menace on defense. The player that we have seen him be as a energy guy off the bench, a guy who who does a lot of half-court traps, gets a lot of strips that way, gets out in transition, scores some buckets that way, and is asked to guard the opposing team's best wing, best hybrid forward, even best low post scorer at times. That player is who we see from Anton Watson. He has continually been an elite defensive player. Since he was a freshman, that has been an area of his game that he has thrived. He has only gotten better. And the best case scenario is that this year, he is so clearly a really, really tough player for opposing offenses to try to score on. He creates all sorts of problems with his length, with his instincts, with his quick hands, with his overall athleticism. He's out there just causing all sorts of problems for the opposing team. Regardless of how much they scout for him, they game plan for him, they're prepared for him, he's coming into games and immediately busting things up, immediately causing problems for the opposing team. Best case scenario for Anton Watson is that outside of his perimeter defense and his trapping defense, he can help Gonzaga in the low post. This is, and I've said this on this podcast a handful of times, and I will say it a handful of more times most likely, Gonzaga's biggest issue with this current roster is rim protection. It is not something that they have a lot of on the roster. Drew Timmy has not been a rim protector. He is adequate. He is not... He struggles more defending away from the rim than he does around the rim, but is not a tremendous area of strength for him. Efton Reed, I believe very confidently, can be and will be a good rim protector. I do believe that. He's big. He's very athletic. Uh, he's a ta- He's got good footwork, just a talented basketball player. But he wasn't asked to do that. 
at LSU. Will Ra- Will Will Wade? We'll try that again. He has a tough defensive setup, and they use Tari Eason as they as they rim protector, and they had Efton do more hedging on screens, play more away from the rim. I think that him getting that experience is probably going to be good for Gonzaga long term. But unfortunately, it leaves this current iteration of the roster without a lot of prominent rim protection. Anton Watson hasn't been that guy. He's averaged a half a block a game for his career. He gets more steals. He does more of his his he makes more of an impact defensively away from the rim. But in a best case scenario, because Gonzaga really needs it, he can step up and be that guy. He's not going to be a shot blocker. I think even in a best case scenario, we're not talking about him blocking two shots per game or probably even one and a half blocks per game. Maybe he can get to that level, but I don't expect that. But he can be more of a shot alterer. He can be a guy who is at least holding his own, pushing back against guys, maybe making them kick the ball out, not letting them get easy buckets around the rim. Best case scenario for him is that he can do that in addition to being that elite wing defender, that elite perimeter defender, that elite trap defender that we've seen from him. Beyond that, Moving to offense, the best case scenario for Anton Watson is that that 58.8% that he shot on two-pointers last year, that represents a career low. That this year, we don't see a number that low again. He was 63% as a freshman. He was 71% as a sophomore. Something in between that, or of course, above the 71% that we saw as a sophomore would be fantastic. Anton Watson is not going to be a high-level scorer for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. He's just not. He hasn't been at any point in his career, and there's not really any expectation that this is the year where he suddenly becomes a even a double-digit scorer. I don't think that that's particularly likely for Anton Watson. I think we could see him bump up again as he continues to do so from 4.7 to 6.9 to 7.3. Maybe this year he's around 8. Maybe he's up to 8.5. I don't see a situation where he's averaging 13, 14, 15 points per game because Gonzaga has so many other players who are on this roster specifically to score the basketball. That is why Drew Timmy is here. That is why Rasir Bolton and Julian Strother are here. That is why Malachi Smith is here. That is why Nolan Hickman is here. That is why Dominic Harris is here. I mean, this team is full of guys who are shooters, who are scorers, who are offensively motivated players. That doesn't mean those guys can't play defense. They certainly can. But Anton's role on this team is more on the defensive end of the floor. But in a best-case scenario, when he does score, when he is around the rim, when he is taking two-point shots, they are efficient looks. They are good looks. He's not taking a bunch of bad shots, which has really rarely been an issue for him. But he's also just doing it really efficiently. 70% on two-pointers from Anton Watson as a senior would be extraordinary, would be incredible. I think that that's what you want from him. You don't need him taking more shots necessarily. You don't need him taking way less shots or even I think a few more shots than what he's done in the past is totally fine but I think that mostly what you want to see from him is just more efficient shooting when he is taking shots they're really good looks and they're going down 65 plus to 70 plus percent of the time and then of course there's the outside shooting the best case scenario for Anton Watson could kind of go either way here Either we see an uptick in his performance, and it has gone up every single year with these very, very tiny sample sizes that are largely irrelevant, but by and large, Anton Watson for his career, 9 for 51, under 20% three-point shooter in his career. Best case scenario for Anton Watson, quite frankly, is that he probably abandons the outside shot entirely. I don't think that he needs to go zero for zero from three-point line this year, and I don't think that he will. I think there will be opportunities when he's in the game, when he has a wide-open look, and it's just the right shot to take. Sometimes it's the right shot to take. Sometimes they'll go down. 
for Anton Watson, most of the time, they probably will not go down. I don't think him shooting something like 25% from three on a handful of attempts, maybe, you know, he's been around 20, 15 to 20 attempts per, per season. If he shoots 20 this year and he makes, you know, less than maybe makes six of them, five of them, whatever it may be, I think that's fine. I think it's fine. I don't think that that's this big problematic thing for Anton Watson. I think... I don't think the best case scenario is him taking zero threes. I think the best case scenario is him taking a few of them and maybe a few more go down than have in the last couple of years. Best case scenario for Anton Watson is that there's palpable tension after the year of, is he going to come back? And the fans want him to come back. They're like, we need him to come back. He's so important to this team. We need a fifth year from Anton Watson. Or while I think his NBA dreams are probably gone, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in the third segment, him leaving after his fourth year is because he had a good enough year that his NBA or his professional aspirations have increased. He is more likely to get a nice overseas contract or a a look in the G League, and he's deciding he wants to go. He wants to, you know, he's been at college for four years. He's got his degree. He's leaving. He's going to go find a professional place to play, and he did enough this season to kind of boost the odds of him finding a, a lucrative place to play. Worst case scenario for Anton Watson, uh, I think really the Zags need rim protection really desperately. And a worst case scenario for Anton Watson is that he just can't do that. I don't think there's a worst case scenario where he slips as his performance as a defensive player just dramatically drops off. He's going to be good in those traps. He's going to be good on the perimeter. He's going to get his steals. He's going to get his his transition buckets. I don't think any of that's really going to change. But the worst case scenario is he can't offer you much else, particularly on the defensive end of the floor. Gonzaga has a gap there. They have a need there. Anton Watson's six foot eight and is probably not, hasn't typically been tasked with being that player. But in a worst case scenario, the Zags try to do it and it doesn't really work. The worst case scenario for Anton Watson is that dip in efficiency around the rim continues. He shoots under 60% from two this year and is just not able to be as productive in the limited amounts of shot attempts that he gets. The worst case scenario for Anton Watson is that he's a bit of a black hole on offense. Not that he can't be a facilitator, but he just does, when he gets the ball, he's either making non-competitive passes, as in just kicking it back out to somebody and resetting the offense. So he's not really pushing the offense forward. He's not really contributing towards them getting baskets. Uh, Maybe he's turning the ball over a little bit more. He's always been pretty consistently around 14, 15% turnover rate, which is not great, but it's not terrible either. Uh, He's never been a super high facilitator, super high assist guy. And the worst case scenario, we just don't see a lot. He's not doing much on offense. He's given you good perimeter defense. He's not giving you low post defense, and he's not giving you a ton on offense. I think the worst case scenario for Anton Watson, quite frankly, the absolute worst thing that could happen outside of, of course, injury, is that he tries to take a lot more threes and fails. I think this is extremely unlikely. Mark Few just doesn't let guys take a lot of bad threes. It just doesn't happen. We've seen players who ended up becoming very good three-point shooters in the NBA who weren't three-point shooters in college. Rui shot maybe over 55% of his threes last year in the NBA, and he didn't take them very much at Gonzaga because they just the, the, the offense doesn't facilitate a lot of big men shooting threes. It never has. For Anton Watson, who hasn't been a good shooter up to this point, I, see, I don't see a situation where he's out there trying to take 50, 60, 70 threes next season. I just don't see that as likely. But the worst case scenario would be an increase in attempts from Anton Watson and not an increase in shot, shots made. And then finally, 
There is the possibility that Anton Watson's playing time decreases as the year goes on, as the team perhaps takes a look at Ben Gregg, perhaps takes a look at Caden Perry, perhaps takes a look at Braden Huff. Any of those guys could potentially challenge Anton Watson for playing time. I think it's mostly likely that Anton Watson secures his role, plays the minutes that he's going to play because we know how Mark Few feels about his veteran guys and we know how Mark Few feels about his younger guys. But in a worst case scenario for Watson, if he's not up to snuff, if he's not getting it done, the Zags have three young dudes who are ready, who are hungry, who are available to play, assuming health for in particular for Perry. But if those guys are all healthy and ready to go, Anton's he's not guaranteed minutes. And if he's struggling, whether it's on offense, whether it's on defense, whether it's some combination of both, he could lose playing time as the year goes on. All right, we're going to take a look in the third and final segment at Watson's expected role and his future professional aspirations. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Segment three, still any patents, still locked on Zags. We're still talking Gonzaga senior forward Anton Watson as he's coming into his fourth and potentially, but not necessarily, final year in Spokane. I want to talk about his expected role. Uh, Watson's role is probably going to be pretty similar to the last two seasons, quite frankly. If you look at the, the box score numbers, the usage rate, the advanced numbers, basically everything between his sophomore and his junior year were pretty darn similar. If you combine the two seasons, he averaged 18 and a half minutes per game. He averaged seven points, four boards, one and a half assists, 1.2 steals. Uh, He shot 65% from two and 19% from three. Obviously, there's a number there that stands out as kind of glaringly not good in the 19% from three, but everything else I would take. If as a senior, Anton Watson averages 18 and a half minutes, seven points, four boards, shoots 65% from two, that's pretty darn good. I would very happily take a combination of his previous two seasons uh, as his overall production as a senior. Drew Timmy's going to start at the five. Julian Strother's going to start at the four. I think Anton Watson's going to fill in as a backup four which is pretty similar to the role he's had the last couple of years. He has kind of been that that third big, the first guy off the bench. He often comes in in situations where he's immediately tasked with putting on a half-court trap or Gonzaga switching up their defense, and they kind of bring him in to, to immediately provide a boost of energy. I think it's very realistic to think that this year Gonzaga could run lineups where both Anton Watson and Hunter Salas begin the game out on the bench, but they both come in at or around the same time, and that gives Gonzaga an instantly different look immediately this team gets better defensively. And that's not knocking the players who are on the court to start the game because they're good defensive players too. But if Watson comes in for, say, let's say he comes in for Julian Strother and Salas comes in for Nolan Hickman or any of those guards, but let's say it's for Hickman and Strother. Those two guys come out, Anton Watson comes in, Hunter Salas comes in. Yeah, you lose some outside shooting. 
you lose a point guard, you'd have to transition Malachi Smith down to play in the one. But if you can do that, this team gets immediately better defensively. They get longer, they get tough, they get, they're going to be able to cause a lot of problems on that end of the floor. And I think we've seen Mark Few like to do that, where he makes substitution patterns that really kind of alter the chemistry of the team that's on the floor. And a substitution pattern that involves both Hunter Salas and Anton Watson coming in at the same time is not going to be fun for opposing offenses. It's going to be really, really tough. I think Watson gets an opportunity to play not just when Julian Strother is on the bench, but in lineups where Julian Strother transitions down to playing the three. It'll be interesting to see how often Gonzaga does that. They have so much talent in the backcourt that there's not, there's seemingly not an, a big opportunity for Strother to play a ton of minutes at the three. But with so many players in the front court as well, including Anton Watson, including Efton Reed, including the younger guys in Ben Gregg, Caden Perry, Braden Huff, getting those guys playing time is kind of predicated on Strother playing some of his minutes outside of the four. And it'll be interesting to see if, if Mark Few can pull that off, if he can find a way to do that while still getting all of the guards the amount of playing time that they deserve or that he wants to get them onto the court. It's going to be a tough job for Mark Few this year. He's got a lot of players, a lot of talent. Finding out how to put all the pieces together is going to be interesting. I think I don't think we're going to see Watson play a ton of five because I think Drew Timmy and Efton Reed are going to handle basically every minute that happens out on the five. I do think it's possible, and I'm very interested, particularly if there's foul trouble or injuries, of course, that 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 hamper the front court in any way. I think a lineup with Watson at the five, Strother at the four, and then pick any combination of the three guards could be really fun, could be really enticing. They could get out and transition. They're highly athletic. Uh, with Strother at the four, Watson's inability to shoot from deep doesn't really impact the Gonzaga lineup. They'd still have a lot of shooters. They could still go to Watson in the post if he has shown a better ability to pass out of those transitions, to make the right reads there if he's still shooting an efficient 65-ish percent from two. I think that that's a lineup that could work. I would be surprised if we saw it very often. I think it's only really going to happen in, in lineups where where maybe Drew is a bit of a liability defensively, or maybe he gets in foul trouble early or is just struggling in that game. But I think the fact that that's a lineup opportunity that could happen is something that I'm very interested in because I think it could work really, really well against the right opponent. And then, of course, there's the big question of, of what's going to happen with the young bigs and how much is that going to impact Anton Watson? Could Ben Gregg, could Caden Perry take a spot? Ultimately, I think no, mostly because Mark Few loves veterans. I mean, he loves playing older guys. He always has. He probably always will. I don't anticipate that being something that changes. Anton Watson entering his fourth year, his senior season, over a guy like Ben Gregg, over a guy like Caden Perry, certainly over freshman Braden Huff. I just, it would be, those guys would have to very obviously outplay him in practice in order for them to get playing time over him. Watson's experience, his leadership, and his impact on the defensive end of the floor are just enough that even if he's not playing up to snuff offensively, even if he's having like the worst offensive season of his career, which I think is unlikely to happen this year, but even if it does, if he's impacting the game on the defensive end of the floor, I don't think that Ben and, and, and Perry and, and Huff, I don't think they play over him. Perry could be a very impactful defensive player, but he's pretty raw right now. We've seen him in, you know, we saw him at Craziness in the Kennel. It was great to see him out there, to see him playing, to see him healthy. That's fantastic. But I think he's a bit more of a longer-term guy. He's got to kind of tone, hone down his energy level a little bit, find out how to play within himself. Uh, otherwise, I think he's prone to committing a lot of fouls and to making some mistakes on the defensive and offensive end of the floor. But I think his upside is still extremely high. But right now, I would roll with Anton over him. Uh, even even if Perry has the ability to impact the game defensively. 
And then the last thing with Anton is really just kind of his his professional aspirations, his pro career. Longtime listeners, like pre-locked on Zags listeners, people who've listened to the show when it was Score Zags Score three years ago, you know my love, my affinity for Anton Watson. I have not hidden it. I will not hide it. Uh, I've also spent a lot of time on previous podcasts talking about how if things come together for him correctly, I believe he could be an NBA player. Things haven't come together in the way that they needed to for him to be an NBA player. Namely, he's not. He can't shoot. There are not very many six foot eight guys in the NBA who don't have an outside shot. Anton Watson is not Draymond Green. That is one of the examples, and he's not that. Yes, Anton is a really good defensive player, and yes, Draymond Green is a very good defensive player, but Draymond Green is also more of an offensive facilitator uh, and can do more with the basketball in his hands than I think Anton Watson would be able to do at the NBA level. So at this point, I think Anton Watson's professional aspirations are potentially in Europe. He could be a G League guy. I think he'll get looks by NBA teams. He's six foot eight. He played a, a big role on the number one team in the nation for the last four years. Uh, I, I think he'll get looks. I'd be shocked if he didn't get looks. But I would also be fairly surprised if he managed to land in the NBA, unless by some very, very surprising turn of events, he comes out and shoots 40% on 100 attempts from deep next year. And then all of a sudden, we're going to be having a bit of a different conversation. But that is not something that I expect to happen. Uh, I think we're looking at a guy who's going to have a productive professional basketball playing career, but I don't think that it is going to happen in the NBA. All right, that is going to do it for me today. Don't forget to check out the new website for my written content, scorezagscore.com. Look for more stuff coming later this week. We got more player previews. We got a preview of Gonzaga's exhibition game against Tennessee taking place on Friday the 28th. We are so, so close to Gonzaga basketball being back on our TV screens. Finally, thank you again for making Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. For your next listen, please check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right, thank you all for listening, and go Zags!